You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name's Weston, I live in New York City, and I'm your host. In each episode, we do a little bit of philosophical exploration of the tarot cards, and we also provide step-by-step practical instructions for people who are just learning about the tarot. That said, if you're new to tarot, you'll probably want to start at episode one. Even if you're not new, you might want to start there too. I probably won't teach you how to read the tarot cards, but maybe you'll get some insights from my approach. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the philosophical background of the tarot particularly the concept of balance. We're going to look at how balance of gender plays out in the major arcana cards. And we're also going to look at the elemental energies of the minor arcana cards and how balance plays into those two. My hope for this is to provide some philosophical background and building blocks for you to understand the meanings of the cards, which we'll get into in more detail in episode 3. That said, you're probably getting anxious to learn the cards, so I'll also tell you about an exercise that you can use to get started on that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the second episode of Rootlock Radio. As I mentioned last time, the 22 major arcana cards are often conceptualized as a journey through the human experience and human life. Some people call this the fool's journey because the first card in the deck is the fool. So you can kind of imagine the figure depicted on the first card as the person who ends up going through the journey on the next 21 cards. Now, I'm not going to quite get into the whole thing about the Fool's Journey today. We will cover that to some extent in future episodes. Um, But today I'm going to kind of give you an idea of how gender plays into the philosophy outlined by the Fool's Journey. Now, I have to tell you that I'm borrowing this exercise from one of my very favorite tarot books, It's called 78 Degrees of Wisdom, and it's written by Rachel Pollock. If you want to know more about The Fool's Journey, I definitely recommend you pick up this book. And generally, I just recommend it as a tarot resource. It has some of the best explanations of the individual cards, so if you want to have a book on your shelf where you can access explanations of each of the cards, I recommend this one. I think it's the best. So if you have your deck with you, I recommend pulling out four cards. The Fool, the Magician, the High Priestess, and the World. So these cards are 0, 1, 2, and 21 in the Major Arcana. The Major Arcana begins with the card The Fool. The Fool often denotes a completely clean slate. Someone who doesn't know anything is starting brand new and beginning their journey in some way. 
In the context of the Major Arcana, you can think of the fool as being a newborn baby or as a spirit that hasn't been conceived as a baby yet, or as someone that's got complete amnesia and is sort of starting their life new. Um, if you look at the card, the figure definitely looks like an adult, so perhaps that's an easier way for you to conceive of it. The narrative of the Major Arcana begins with the Fool and ends with the world. The two cards following the Fool are number one, the Magician, and number two, the High Priestess, and this is where we get introduced to the gender tropes in the tarot. The masculine side is represented by the Magician, and masculine is associated with action. The feminine side is represented by the High Priestess, and the feminine is associated with meditation. So if you think about these two things, they sort of are in balance with one another. So if you look at the card, the Magician, you see a male figure standing upright, holding a wand towards the sky and pointing his finger towards the ground. You can kind of think of him as some sort of conduit of energy. He's not really thinking about anything, he is channeling energy through his body. The High Priestess, on the other hand, representing the feminine, is sitting contemplatively between two columns, and if you look carefully, she has sort of a vaginal appearance to her. She's sitting between two columns, her robe has sort of a labial look to it, her hat has a round object on it, and the overall look of the card is a bit vaginal. The Magician, on the other hand, being erect and upright, and if you look at the wand that he is holding, it is phallic. So what we're being introduced to here is the idea that masculine energy is action-oriented, and feminine energy is meditation-oriented. Now, if you look at the world card, what you see is a figure floating, and this figure, which appears to be female because she has breasts, is holding two wands. In previous versions of the tarot, this figure has actually been depicted as having a penis, which means that the figure is intersexed, quite literally combining male and female traits into a single human body. And this is important to realize in the history of this particular image, because basically what it's saying is that when you reach the final stage of the Major Arcana, when you get to the end of that journey, the feminine and the masculine are blended together. And you can see that clearly in the imagery in this card. The idea that she's holding two of these phallic-looking wands that we see in the Magician card, and how that mirrors the High Priestess in that she's between these two columns. And we still have the roundness of the High Priestess and sort of a vaginal appearance in this card, and also the erectness of the Magician in that the figure is standing very upright. So it's a blending of the imagery of the two. So considering this, I would like to assert what I think is one of the most interesting and most important philosophical aspects of the tarot. And that is that to live a fulfilled life, and that's what the world card represents, is that sort of enlightenment or fulfillment at the end of a journey. In order to live this fulfilled life, we need to blend the masculine qualities of action with the feminine qualities of meditation. And this makes a lot of sense when you really think about it. We've all been in experiences where we act without thinking, and we usually regret it. We've also been in experience where we think without acting, and that sort of stewing isn't any fun either. So the tarot's sort of asserting that in order to get the most out of life, 
we have to blend action with meditation. We have to think things through carefully and really get in touch with the deeper, more subconscious aspects of decision-making. But we also can't be afraid of making moves and doing things. This will play out a lot throughout the tarot, but I'd like you to keep this in mind as you learn more about the cards and as you pull cards for yourself in future exercises and tarot readings. This should always sort of be the overarching narrative of guidance that the tarot offers. And that is that we need to meditate before acting. We need to act on our meditations and we need to meditate on our actions. We need to blend thinking things through and taking decisive action in order to live the most fulfilling life. further understand the way that this balance plays out in the tarot, we can also look to the minor arcana cards. Now as I've said before, the minor arcana cards come in four suits, uh, sort of like the four suits in a deck of playing cards. You have the wands, the cups, the swords, and the pentacles. So to continue this exercise, I recommend pulling out the four ace cards and taking a look at them. So when you have the four cards pulled out, I want you to put them into a diamond shape with the swords at the top, the pentacles at the bottom, the wands to the left, and the cups to the right. Now keeping in mind the magician, high priestess, action, meditation balance that we saw in the major arcana, take a look at the wands and cups cards, and you'll see sort of a similar energy in those two cards. So what we're dealing with here is the elemental energies. The wands are associated with the element of fire, um, but you can also think of them as being similar to the action-oriented energy of the masculine magician card. Um, and when you look at the wand card, the ace of wands, you can see some similar imagery. The wand reminds us of the wand that the magician is holding. The wand is very upright and erect and a little bit phallic. There's a certain confidence and certainty in the way that the hand from the clouds is holding the wand. And the fire energy is usually associated with things that you can think of as sort of a conduit between the inner and outer world. Now that's a little bit hard to wrap your head around, and a lot of times the wands are one of the more difficult suits for people to really understand, but they tend to rule things like sexuality, spirituality, creativity, and things like that. And you may ask, well, what do those things have in common? Why are they all ruled by the same fire energy? And to me, the main connection between those things, the spirituality, the sexuality, and the creativity, is that it's sort of a meeting of your inner world and the outer world. So when you think of spirituality, it's a way that we connect our sense of self with the greater universe and, and come to understand the meaning of our place in the world or in the universe. When you think about sexuality, it's a blending of of your soul with somebody else's soul. So it's some way of connecting what's internal with something that's external. And when you think of creativity, the arts 
are always a form of expression, of expressing some impression that you have about the world or some feeling that you have about life. And so there's, there's again, that sort of conduit of energy. You're channeling something internal into the external world. And so those are the things that the wand energy, the fire energy, tends to rule. Now looking at the Ace of Cups, this is where we have our association within the Minor Arcana with the High Priestess card and her feminine, more meditative energy. And if you look back at the High Priestess card, you see that there's a lot of water imagery on that card as well. Her dress looks like a waterfall, and behind the curtain that she's sitting in front of, there is a body of water. The element of water is usually associated with emotions and the subconscious. And these two things are, are closely connected, right? A lot of times when we feel something very strongly, we can't quite rationalize it. It's coming from somewhere deeper within us, something that we can't quite understand. And only through careful consideration and meditation do we really begin to get where our emotions are coming from. And of course, there's a lot in the practice of psychology around the subconscious and emotions right? The ways that we attach to our parents, our early life experiences, are often things that determine the type of emotional life that we have as adults. So there is this strong link between the subconscious and emotions. And those are the things that the suit of cups rule. So again, between the wands and the cups, we have that balance that we saw between the magician and the high priestess, the fiery more energy conduit active energy and the the watery more receptive quiet meditative emotional side of things so again we're looking for balance between these things but then of course there are two other suits in the minor arcana of the tarot so you may ask what do these two suits rule and the reason i ask you to put the swords at the top of the diamond is because that's sort of the higher energy and the pentacles at the bottom are the lower energy. So the swords are ruling more of the detached, airy energy. They're associated with the element of air, whereas the pentacles are more the grounded, earthy energy. So thinking about this, let's look at the Ace of Swords and think about the element of air. And when you look at the landscape on the Ace of Swords, it looks very arid, it's high in the mountains, there's no plant life, so it's very devoid of the things that you see in the more earthy energy of the Pentacles card, which is a garden. We're at a much lower elevation, plant life is thriving. So these two energies are in opposition to each other as well. Now the air energy of the Swords is a associated with things like philosophy and wisdom and words. And the pentacles, the earth energy of the pentacles, is associated with our physical lives. So our bodies, our work, our money, our homes, and the things that really bring us comfort. So when you think of something like philosophy, it's very detached from the actual grounded day-to-day -day life of human experience, right? When we start talking philosophically about the human experience, it becomes sort of detached from our actual lives. It's a way of kind of going up 
into the air and looking down on our lives in a detached way. It's hard to be philosophical about something that's happening to you at that exact moment. It's more something you do when some time has passed or you've gotten some distance from the thing. So that's the detachedness of the air energy. And that's why the things that the air energy rules, the philosophy, the wisdom, the words, have a detachedness to them. On the other hand, the pentacles have a groundedness. So when you think about your body and your work life and your home, if you have a garden, right, these are all things that make you feel very grounded and very attached. So the pentacles, the earth energy, is a much more attached energy. Now, again, we're looking for balance in all of these things. So if we kind of go through these, we can understand how imbalance could happen. So if you're all wands, if you're all the fire energy, you might be a little bit too wild, right? You might be one of those sort of fiery, unstable, creative types that is sort of flying off the handle all the time, something like that. If you're too much cups energy, you're overly emotional, right? You, you wallow in your emotions. You tend to be sort of depressed. So whereas the wands energy is more manic, the cups energy is more depressed. If you're all swords energy, you have this detachedness driven by being overly intellectual or overly philosophical, right? You're off kind of on your own and you're not connected to the world around you or to your environment or to other people. And if you're too much of the pentacles energy of that earth energy, then you're a little too comfortable and too grounded. You don't really think about the bigger picture. You don't put yourself in situations that you're not comfortable with. You don't challenge yourself. You're sort of just stuck in your comfort zone, in your environment. So again, there's a sense of balance coming across. You want to be creative and sexual and spiritual, but you also want to be contemplative and emotional. And you want to be able to philosophize and understand the world in a more intellectual way, but you also want to be grounded and enjoy your physical life and your physical being. And as we go back next time to the beginning cards of the Major Arcana, we'll see how these four elements are actually also playing out in early cards there. So the, the cards that follow the Magician and the High Priestess also play on the earth and air energy. So as you experiment with pulling tarot cards, and using them to help you address questions and dilemmas and situations that you're facing, keep in mind that ultimately the tarot is trying to push you towards a more balanced existence. So as you interpret the cards and consider the wisdom that they're offering you in each of the scenarios that you pull the cards for, keep in mind that you should be working towards a better balance and you should be trying to identify the aspects of your life that are out of balance, particularly in the ways that the tarot advocates for. So that blending of the masculine action-oriented fire energy and the feminine meditation-oriented water energy, as well as the intellectual and the groundedness. Try to understand how you can push yourself closer to achieving a more balanced existence.
one more thing for today. I imagine you're getting pretty anxious to begin to memorize the cards. Um, and this is quite a task to take on. And we'll definitely start to get into individual card meanings in the next episode. The reason I've saved that for this far into the podcast is because I wanted to give you some of the philosophical building blocks. As I mentioned last time, it's important for you to be able to have an intuitive reading of the tarot cards and also to be able to draw on the philosophy behind the tarot to understand what you're seeing in individual cards. That said, it doesn't hurt to look at each card and try to understand classic meanings of those cards based on what other people have written. So a great way to do this is to do a card of the day. So what you're going to do is you're going to shuffle your deck each day, or at least each day that you're able to do this, and you're going to pull out one card. So for instance, today I've pulled out the Four of Pentacles. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to think, what do I know about the suit? Well, Pentacles are the earth suit. They have to do with our bodies, our money, our home, our work. And then I'm going to do sort of what we did last time when we did the past, present, future reading. I'm going to just look at the imagery of the card and see what I can understand about it. So I see that the card has a gray background. So it's not a particularly warm or sunny feeling card. And then on the card, there's a figure. It looks like a man. Um, he's got a crown on his head. He's sitting down and he's got four pentacles two of them are underneath his feet one of them is floating on his head and the fourth one he is clutching in his arms so you get a sense of sort of security or clinging to security in this particular card behind the man is a city there's buildings back there so maybe it has something to do with civilization um, or other people there's no other people besides him in the card, so there might be a slight detachedness of the fact that he's here, not out in the city with all the other people. So my initial interpretation is that this card is maybe something about detaching yourself in order to cling to your work or money or home-based security. So maybe it could have something to do with the time where you are focusing on those things and you're having to detach yourself. There does seem to be maybe a little bit of insecurity driving this because of particularly the way that he's clutching and holding on to that pentacle. It seems like he's afraid to let it go. So after reading the card in that way, what I recommend doing is just going and doing a basic internet search. Google Four of Pentacles, and you'll see there, there are lots of websites that will give you interpretations of the card meanings. I also mentioned earlier in this podcast the book 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollock. If I were to recommend one tarot book for a reference guide, it would be that one. So you can also buy that book or another book if you want and read what that person has to say about the particular card. So again, you're going to want to do a card of the day where you pull a card, try to interpret it on your own using the imagery, the colors, what you know about the energies of the suits, and then going and looking up other people's meanings. And then what I like to do is is just keep this card in mind as I go through my day 
and see if there's any way that I can attach its meaning to things that I do or see or things that happen to me throughout that day. I just kind of try to keep an eye out for the energy of the card. So I don't necessarily interpret the card as my fate or my destiny of that particular day, but more just being aware of the particular card's energy and seeing if I can pin it onto the real world. Rootlock Radio is written and produced by me, Weston. Intro music is provided by Shenandoah Davis. The music you're hearing now is provided by Jeray. You can find both of their information in the show notes. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes of Rootlock Radio, or if you'd like to have me do a tarot reading or teach you tarot one-on-one, feel free to contact me. My email is rootlocktarot at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio. Thank you.